Welcome to the second Venture Property Podcast. The first one, I've had some really, really good feedback. Some fantastic information has come back that has enabled me to look at different topics and also give quite some good feedback on what to do next time. So this is going to be a continuous process. I'm always looking to make everything that I do better. So if you do have any feedback, please do send that over to me. And as I have said, I've decided to move the blog over to a podcast because I believe I can get my personality over better. And as all of you know, I do actually speak better than I write. So thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this today. I know you're all very busy people. I know some of you listen to this when you're in the car or when you're on the train or walking around your city, which is what I do when I'm listening to podcasts. So thank you guys. This week's episode, I am going to delve into the wildlife project. So this is one that I am, I'm really excited actually, because I've just checked on Simple Equity, which is now Simple Crowdfunding, that we have hit the minimum that we set out to raise for this deal. And that deal is now going to go ahead via Simple Equity. We were underwriting the full amount anyway. The deal was always going to go ahead, but I wanted to bring investors in. I'm going to discuss that in more detail through this podcast. I've got all of the information in front of me. I'm breaking it down into chunks and I'm going to go through it all. I'd just like to give a shout out to our sponsor for this week. It's the same sponsor as last week. Yes, I know it's my group, but I'm really passionate about this group which is a Slack group set up by me and John Corey. We have decided to bring together property people, people who are interested in investing, people who want to get into property, people who want to know how to do due diligence, all that kind of stuff is in our Slack group. And to get into that, it's completely free. You just go to www.realestateslackers.com. So that's www.realestateslackers.com realestateslackers.com. So I'm going to dive straight into this week's episode. This is about the wildlife. Those of you who know me and who know about the story of the wildlife, you'll understand that this building has fantastic history for me. I did a post on my Instagram, on my social media, for those who are on my email list, where I, I basically outlined that it was a Saturday night. It was 1964. The Wildlife Pub was packed to the rafters with people who had queued all the way up the road. You know, the excitement was building. And then out of the speakers came the song, There's No Business Like Show Business. And then out came a man who was called Desmond, Ray Desmond. Ray Desmond was a man very close to me. He was my granddad. He was the headline act at this pub. So this development has massive, massive links to my family, to my history, and to the the kind of person that I am as well. I'm very similar to you guys. We're entrepreneurs. We do things very differently. We get very excited about things. We go against the grain, against what people think we should do. You know, whether that's to get a proper job, all those kind of things. My granddad was exactly the same as as me. He had a burning desire. 
His family wanted him to train to be an architect, which is quite funny now, I'm building buildings. But he just didn't have that. He didn't want to do that. In his heart was the theatre. And he followed his passion, that burning desire, which I follow too. And I know that you guys listening are following or wanting to follow. So that's a brief introduction to the history behind this deal. Now what I'm going to do is break down how I spotted the potential in this deal, then what I did with the research stage, then the offer, then moving on to the funding, then onto the exchange and the completion, and then number six, the last one, is the build stage. So I do have this broken down with these bullet points of the everything under these headings on a document, which I can email out to people. It's on a PDF, so if you do want that, drop me a message, email me at ryan at venturepropertylincoln.co.uk and I'll email that to you. So let's start with spotting potential. We'll probably all do what I've done with this site, but I don't know if everybody follows the system in which I follow. So I drive past this, this site that's an old pub knocked down and I drive past it quite regularly. Okay, when I go to see my mum, she lives, still lives down that state. I'm continually driving past it. Now, let me ask you guys, how many sites have you driven past that you thought something could be done on? Just have a think about that. What I did was I pulled up. I pulled up to this site. I took a photo to add this to my list. This goes onto my Trello board, which my VA then picks up. What she does from there is... I give her the address, she then goes into landing site and she finds the owner of this site for me. She then has a letter which she sends out to the owner. It's a very simple letter just explaining who I am, local property investor looking to buy deals in the area, well looking to buy land or whatever, but it, it specifically states that you're looking to buy the plot of land in which they own. So this time it said the former wildlife pub in Lincoln. I got the owner's details from this. The letter was sent. We contacted the owner. What happened here is then this was the fact find, the building up of the rapport with the vendor. When I do these things, I'm always talking to the vendor, trying to pick up on things that they say and asking them questions. I want to know about the history of them. I'm trying to build up a personal relationship with that person. This one was really different. We didn't speak over the phone. We only He only conducted via email. I couldn't get hold of him. He didn't live in Lincoln, so it was only email. He replied to me via email. So I did all of this deal via email, which was really, really strange. And I was asking questions about why they bought it, so I got a bit of a backstory about this deal. I was fact-finding, finding out what they wanted with this land, why they bought it. Now, in this particular instance, they own the petrol station next door that has a spa convenience store. They wanted to be able to sell alcohol from this convenience store, so they bought the pub, knocked the pub down. They sell used cars and thought, do you know what? We can knock this building down. We can sell used cars from it. We're going to make more money from the petrol station. We're going to make that 
more lucrative. So yes, we can afford to pay for this petrol, uh, this pub, knock it down, and we'll make money from selling cars. This is the point in which I was there with them. They had applied for planning permission to put cars onto this. This wasn't what the council wanted. They had been told by the council that the, the council wanted residential to be there. They weren't developers. My letter fell, fell at the most perfect time. They said, okay, we will do a deal with you. And I will talk about how we structured that deal in the, the offer section, in the third section. But right now, I sort of knew that they wanted 640000 for this plot. So, number two. So now this is the research stage. So I've spotted the potential, and I've done that via an agent giving me that lead. I've driven past it. I've walked past it. Whatever. I've spotted a potential deal. I've added it to my list of potential deals. Now, I have a VA who goes out and gets the information. You don't need to do that. You could do that yourself. You get the owner's details. I've sent them a letter. Or if it's for an agent, you converse with the agent. Don't try and go around agents, guys. Work with them. I've sent them a letter. I've contacted the owner. We've done a fact find. And I'm looking at trying to get the best from that deal, trying to get a good deal, trying to find out what they want for it. Then I'm moving on to the research stage. Now, the, one of the first things I do when I'm researching a deal, this is just me, I look at the planning websites. I'm quite fortunate that I use Land Insight because that gives me a lot of information about planning. So I go and I look at what it currently is. So what currently is this unit? This is an old pub knockdown. Fantastic. So that's the use class that it has. Okay, so I have a conversation with the planning department. I pick up the phone and I say, I'm just doing some research. It's Ryan Grubbers and they, they all know who I am. I'm just looking at this particular site. What do you think? Or I speak to a plan, my planning consultants about this because I have them on Slack. So I send them an information, a message on Slack saying, hey, when you get a second, can you just have a look at this? I'm not, I don't need anything too detailed at this point. I just want to know if it's something that would fall into the council's plans, what they'd like to see on it, etc., etc. Then from those conversations, I can sort of gauge whether the what the council wants on it. They, I'm really fortunate in Lincoln that the council are really proactive, they're really happy to help, and they want people to develop. So I sort of know what's going to, they, they, they want there. I then speak to my architect. I've measured this site via Land Insight and I send it off to the architect and say, what's the minimum? What is the minimum you think I can get on this site of? And then that could, could be houses, flats, commercial and resi. It all depends on what the planning consultants and what the planners have told me, but also my area knowledge. So I spend so much time networking with effectively the movers and shakers in my city. A lot of people always ask me why I only invest in Lincoln. I only invest in Lincoln because I know the area so well. And I know so many people here that I can speak to people who 
decide when change is happening and what is happening. The growth of the city and I can have those conversations about how we can work with them. So I put my area knowledge into it as well. And I used to be a window cleaner, so I know the areas. A lot of the residential areas now, which are ripe for developments, which need certain things, I know the area. I know the type of people that live in there. I used to clean their windows. My dad still cleans their windows. He still tells me about what's happening in an area. Still tells me about people and all those kind of things. And that builds up this picture all the time. So when I've got the minimum from the architect of whatever I'm going to put on there, I can then speak to the builder and say, hey buddy, I've got this potential. I'm just in the research stage at the minute and I'm just wanting some figures on what you think it's going to cost. I use a bit of my own experience in there as well. We have a discussion. We add a bit on just so that we're covered. What well, a fair bit on actually, so that we know that we're covered. And we have a rough build cost, so we can start to really push this forward. I then speak to the agents. And the reason I speak to the agents is I want their opinion of what I'm going to do. So I work really closely with a couple of agents in Lincoln. Uh, big shout out to Lavelle's if they are listening got really good contact at Lavelle's. Speak to them and say, what do you think these are going to be worth? So on this, this particular deal, I'll go through the whole research stage now and explain what happened via this conversations. So planning. I spoke to planning about the wildlife and said, hey guys, um, I'm looking at the, the wildlife pub. I know it's been knocked down, it's not a pub anymore, so it's not protected or anything like that. What would you like to see there? Straight away, they said, we'd love to see some kind of residential development there. Fantastic. Okay, what kind of residential development? Well, what, what do you want to put there? And I said, I want to put a mixture of flats and commercial. And we're now in discussions about the flats and commercial. It might be that the commercial element has to come away and it's all turned to flats. That's not a problem. I'm still quite happy. The conversations were very positive. They explained to me that the owners had gone for planning for a car wash and a used car sales, which they didn't really want to see there. They wanted to see this in this residential area. They wanted to see more homes or more flats, something residential. Great. So I spoke to my architects and the planning consultants and we got together a rough plan of what we could do. I then went back to the council with that plan and said, what do you think to this? And they liked it. The builder had given me a good price for the development and then I added a fair bit on. The agents had given me a lot of comparables and I'd found my own as well. I always go through right move, sold, find out what's sold in the area, the standard, the spec, and then I can put together, right now I can put together my plans. So I can then work with my architect and say, right, this is what I want it to look like because that is the top end of the market. These ones sold for 120,000, some two bed flats sold for, and the spec was, was okay. It was clean, neat, and tidy. I think that with a couple of little alterations that we can do 
something a little bit nicer. Just for example, guys, those of you who use Howden's, one of the things that we do with Howden's is we don't buy the white kitchens. That's the one that everybody buys and it is the cheapest, but they also do that in a dark gray and a light gray in the same range. So we mix and match. We might go gray in one, we might go dark gray in one, we might go top units dark gray, bottom units light gray or vice versa. And we'll change the handles, maybe put a nicer tap on it and look at the lighting in the place. So it's a lot smarter for not much more money. So now I've got my GDV. I've got my gross development value from the agents and my architect because my architect is going to tell me how many flats or units I'm going to put on this. The agents are telling me how much they are going to be worth. I always come down a bit from them. I'm very conservative with that. I come down, well, Kim says knock 20% off for a laugh. We knock a chunk off and then we've got our gross development value. So when we then move on to the offer, so when I spoke to the vendor, he was quite open and quite quite happy to not just sell this straight away. He wouldn't do an option. It didn't have to be a straight cash purchase. He didn't really want to do an option, which, okay, I can understand. He said to me, look, I just like to do things straightforward. I don't want to waste either of our, either of our time. If you give me 640,000, you can have it. So I said to him, okay, how about we agree the 640,000, but we go exchange subject to planning? He said, yeah, great, okay. So then we started to structure this deal, as in timelines, because that could go on forever. So he gave, he gave me a limited time, gave me a year to get planning, plenty of time. That's the stop loss. I had to put down 10% at exchange, 64,000, which I would get back if we didn't get planning, minus their fair legal costs. So for this guy, this deal now, this is a win-win for both of us, that elusive win-win that we're all chasing. Because if I get planning on this deal, yes, I'm legally committed to buy it, but I want to buy it. I then get the planning for what I want, and I get to do this development at a profit. He then gets the sale, and he gets £640,000, which is pretty much what it's costing. So he's break-even, and he owns the petrol station, so he's still getting the income. If it doesn't get planning for residential, I've lost my money for, get it, for trying to get planning. He hasn't spent a penny, and then I'm covering his legals. But he then knows that that won't get planning for residential. So it's a win-win. And it's a risk that I'm prepared to take because looking through these conversations, and if anyone has followed this on Simple Equity, you can see the update section where there was a meeting with the head of planning on site who gave some really good feedback on this one. So the deal is now structured and it's done. The next stage for me was funding. So when I'm looking to fund a project, it's always how. Am I going to use my current investors? Am I going to use my own funds? Am I going to use a mixture of my own funds and current investors? Or am I going to find some new investors, people who I've already been talking to? This particular deal was a mix of one current investor and some of our own funds. 
But I decided with this one that I'd been speaking to quite a lot of people who were showing an interest to invest with us. And as you all know, I work closely with John Corey and he has been trying to talk to us about crowdfunding. Now, I'm quite passionate about crowdfunding because you never know when your money's going to run out or you're tied up in one deal and the most perfect deal comes along ever. And he said to me, this is the perfect deal for you to do the crowdfunding on because you could crowdfund because you're going to develop out the deal anyway. You could underwrite the crowdfund for the for the planning, but you could do a planning gain on this and then buy them out at development stage. And that will work really well for your brand because this is going on anyway. So it's not like, oh my gosh, I've got this amazing deal and I can't fund it with my current investors, with my own cash, and I've got to try and find an investor quick. It's the brand building. I can now take the time. I can do this. This deal's going ahead anyway. So the investors can see how we work on a smaller scale that they can get involved on. So it's less risk for them and they get to see how we work. If they then enjoy how we work, then they can invest larger sums in our next crowdfund. And then also for people who are interested in getting into property and want to learn about how a planning game works, they can invest and learn at the same time, which is fantastic. So this one we are funding with development finance, which we are in the talks right now to, to finalise that. And I will go into more detail once we've got the, the full offer. I'll probably do a whole, I could probably do, to be honest, six separate podcasts on this the spotting the potential, the research, the offer, the funding, the exchange and the build stage, which I'll, I probably will look to do. So I'll go into more information about the funding, but this is funded will be funded via some of our own funds and an investor and we will be using development finance to get this built out. So then we move on to number five which is the exchange and the completion. So I have everything lined up at exchange and completion so I've got my plans drawn up by the architect because I knew that this one was going to go through. Everything's ready, my planning consultants are ready to go as soon as this exchange is. And then we exchange. So we sign the, the document to exchange. We are now committed to purchase this building. Once we've got planning, my solicitor deals with all of the legal stuff. I've got a fantastic solicitor. If anyone needs a good property solicitor, Sarah Miles at Langley's is incredible. So the exchange is complete. I've now got a list of to-dos. So I'm now talking to my planning consultants and my architects. What do, we, what do you need from me? Let's get this going. Let's move forward and I'll give you everything you need. The planning consultants give me a list of things to do, like environmental study, which they handle, which is one of the best things ever about the planning consultants. Uh, some people don't want to use these professional services. And it, it's quite... When you first come into property, you talk to people who have these teams set up and... They make it sound so easy and it it's not. And when you're at the stage where maybe you're just coming into property or you've got one of these deals, maybe it's your first one, you're doing all of that right now because you haven't got the money to pay a planning consultant 5, 10, 15, 20,000 to do that deal. And that's fine. And you know what? I'm glad that I didn't pay a planning consultant on the first couple of deals. I'm glad that I got involved in it 
and I learned those skills and I worked closely with the architect and I was ringing the environmental people. So I got involved in all of that. So I now know a lot more about that process. Now I can outsource that. I know exactly what to ask them. And then when they mention certain things, I know exactly what they're talking about so that I can understand this whole process. But by outsourcing this process and giving it to the professionals who will do it much better than I will, they've already got the little black book of everything we need. They know the planners. They know the um, the environmental people. That This, this, this and this. And they work really closely with my architects or via Slack. So if they do need me to do something, they just add it to Slack and I pick it up and get it done. So now I've got my list of to-dos. One of my to-dos on this one, guys, was to get this on Simple Equity. I've got that on Simple Equity, and I'm absolutely ecstatic. Oh, I'm so chuffed that in less than a week, we have hit the minimum array. So we set the minimum raise to 10,000, and then that will go ahead, whether we hit the 35 or not. So that deal is definitely going ahead with those investors, which I am so happy because... I'm really looking forward to, to meeting them and working with them and bringing them down to this site. And I'm so glad that they bought into the story. This is such an emotional deal for me that, yeah, it's just amazing. So the to-dos are being done. The planning is ready. We are just waiting on surveys, feedback from the council on our application, and then we can alter certain things. And then number six, we will move that out to the build stage. Build stage, I will go into a bit more detail on that, but basically exchange will complete when planning is, is in. Development finance will come in. We'll take out the other investors who have come in via Simple Equity and we'll get building on this. I will then speak to my builder. We will, we've already got a rough schedule of works, which will change depending on what planning state because they might just have a few alterations to design, etc., etc. Rough schedule of works. I've already got the finish agreed with the builder, so we sit down and say we want these kind of kitchens, these kind of handles, these kind of doors, this kind of um, architrave. All of those things, they play a big part in sitting with the builder, getting it ready before we start building, so that that comes into the schedule of works and the finish. And then we talk about price. And we have a fun conversation where I always try to negotiate. So that's the six section six sections, guys. That's a lot harder to say than it sounds. I do have this on a PDF. So if you do want this, email me, ryan at ventureprofitylincoln.co.uk. Really long email address. I know, I'm sorry. I was going to shorten it to ryan at vpl but for those of you who are now laughing you know what vpl stands for one of the other things i'd just like to go into and this is a mini shout out to a very good friend of mine brad lazarus from the goliath sourcing academy is brad is one of those people who i have around me who i fire things off to, he fires things off to me, we absolutely geek out about technology, geek out about it, we're huge geeks, and we're also huge country music fans, so sorry Brad, it's now out there. Brad gave me a couple of FAQs on this deal early on, like really early on, 
and I'm now going to share those with you. So the first one was, is there a plan B with this deal if, the, if it doesn't get the residential in which you want or the first initial that you want? Yes. I already know through stress testing this and I stress test thoroughly and I talk to a lot of people who I know that the council want this to be residential. So plan B for me is this is in a residential area. If I don't get flats, I'm not, I might be going for too many flats. So they might knock it down to 30 flats, 25 flats. That still works. Or I can then go in for houses on this site and put quite a few houses on this site. We know that they want it to be residential. There is plan A, B and C with this deal. He also asked where the 50% projected came from for simple equity. That was a figure that Kim and I came up with because of the risk versus the reward. And also the exit. The exit will be development because this is locked to us. So it will be development finance that comes out. This is not an assignable option. We have to buy this. We are legally committed to buy this building with this plot of land when planning has dropped. So the exit will be development finance, which we're experienced so we can get. And we're already way down that line. It's already lined up. These things happen way before, way before we even get anywhere close to, to completing. So we know that the money is there ready. So guys, thank you very much for listening. If you like that, please drop me an email, a tweet, anything like that. If you do want to join the Slack group, I really would love to see you guys in there. It's realestateslackers.com. Please go and check it out. Please go check it out. I'm really passionate about Slack and I think you will be too once you've tried it out. And if you do have any questions about any of that, the deal, the wildlife, anything, just fire them away. I'm always happy to help and answer questions. I absolutely love questions because they give me the opportunity to learn as well. And I'm a complete open book. I want questions. Until next week, guys, I hope you have a really profitable week. Kim is back from his holiday next week. So you are going to see probably another update on his Facebook for Duckwatch. I know a few people, especially Sarah, who loves Kim's Duck Watch. If you don't know what that is, go find Kim Stones on Facebook. Have a look. I don't know if I explain it, if I'll do it justice, but I'm going to get Kim on a couple of podcasts as well. So you're going to hear that lovely Doncaster gravel voice. So that's it, guys. Thank you very much.